This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. There has to have been at least once in your life, I've had, I think, twice, where if you check your credit report because you're trying to buy a home or a car, that something pops up on that report which you had no real knowledge about. Then when you try and get it clarified and or off your record, you find yourself in what seemingly is an endless battle with one of the big three reporting agencies. Well, hopefully that that is going to change in the fairly near future. All three, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, say they have a deal with the New York Attorney General's office to change the way that they handle errors. To look at what will happen and potentially when, we're joined by two guests here in the studio. David Musto, who is the chair of Wharton's finance department. Also with us is Jim Francis, who is a a consumer law attorney with the firm of Francis & Mailman here in Philadelphia. Gentlemen, great to have you in the studio today. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Good morning. Nice to be here. Uh, dealing with credit agencies, I said, I mean, I think pretty much everybody has had some point in their life where they've had an incident of some kind. So obviously this is a good sign for consumers going forward that maybe this is being alleviated to some degree. Yeah, it, well, it's it's certainly nice to, um, that the uh, rating agencies won't uh, have as many errors on the report. And it's interesting kind of twist on how we think about credit reporting agencies, right? I think historically we think of it as a creditor uh, can look at your uh, credit report and see what other creditors are saying about you. And uh, now it's more like the agency, the reporting agency is sort of your your agent with respect to the creditors to yeah. make sure the credits say the right thing. So it's a slightly different take on it, right? Um, that that now they're, they're, the, the idea is that they fight for you with actual human capital to see that your credit report is accurate. Where before it's just, well, this is what they say. Well, I think that the, the real question here is, is this just window dressing? Okay. Sure, or yeah. is this going to be a substantive change? Because And that's a big concern that it would be. Right. And I must say that I, ha- I have some of that uh, reservation. I harbor some of that reservation because um, many of the provisions of the settlement agreement are things which are already required under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So a good portion of what has been announced is something that the federal law requires now and has required since 1968. Yeah. Um, so other than medical debt, that is that's something a little bit different that we haven't seen before. And I think yeah. that is that there's some progress there. But I think it remains to be seen whether or not this will result in any um, sizable change for consumers. And I'm a little skeptical, to be honest. Why so? Well, because, um, as I said, the law already requires that the consumer reporting agencies review consumer documentation. The Fair Uh Credit Reporting Act makes it very clear. If a consumer sends in dispute documentation, they have to review it. So why do we need a settlement, um, you know, over 40 years after the law has been passed to announce that they have to look at the documents that the law has already required they look at? So, again, is the spirit of this thing positive? Is it optimistic? The answer is yes. Yeah. Whether it's going to result in any material change, I am not certain, and I am skeptical. Are you skeptical that that uh, that this will have uh, any, you know, really negative change, David? Well, we'll see. 
I mean, the uh, reporting agencies, obviously, uh, they deal with hundreds of millions of reports, and they try to deal with this whole process uh, at a low cost. And uh, this is going and, – and the idea here is that they ramp up, they staff up with a lot more people who have to uh, bring more scrutiny to bear. You know, how much – what tolerance do they have to spend more money to to uh, improve their accuracy? I, mean, I don't know. It remains to be seen. One of the lines that, that I read in, in uh, one of the articles about this said that uh, the agencies are going to have to have people trained in resolving these disputes. A and my question would be is, we haven't had this before? Exactly. Well, the idea is, is that they should have had people trained. They should have people trained today to do that. Um, and um, they have not. So um, the the the... The way the system has worked up until now and currently is largely an automated process, sure, right? Where yeah. basically it gets the consumer's dispute gets reduced to a code. That code then gets electronically transmitted right. to the company reporting the information. And then whatever the result of what that company says, that's what gets in the credit report. So this announcement that now they have to have trained people looking at the disputes, they should have <laughs> had that all along. So what are they what – we, what we don't see – from this uh, settlement agreement uh, with the New York Attorney General's office is, does this mean a 1,000 new employees looking at disputes? Because yeah. that goes to the cost issue, yeah. right? So saying you're going to improve things is one thing. Let, let's see the specific um, um, the tasks and the uh, steps that are going to be taken. That has not been uh, illuminated at all. The other interesting thing is that the fact that Eric Schneiderman, I guess, is his office has been working on this since about 2012, uh, when the when the investigation into this problem really really kind of kicked into gear. Uh, my thing is is that going off of what we were just saying, why haven't we seen more states really look into this in the past, or have they? And we just haven't had anything kind of advanced to this point. We have had uh, seen states do it. Uh, the state of Mississippi, um, Alabama. Um, they all have taken some action in recent years. Um, years ago, um, a, a, a majority of the state's attorney general's office uh, brought a um, similar type of action against all three uh, credit bureaus yeah. um, that resulted in some change uh, that was supposed to reduce the incidence of mixed files. Um, and uh, that did not seem to result in anything particularly uh, progressive or uh, positive for consumers. So, again, it's one thing to tell um, the, the three credit bureaus, you must change your practices. But mm -hmm. then who is there seeing whether or not they are actually making any material changes or not? Not, I mean, again, I'm the cynic here on sure, this yeah. because yeah. I see these consumers every day with these problems. And no matter what gets announced in the in the media uh, or online or even in, con in uh, connection with a uh, settlement agreement, I still see the consumers come back to me every week and, with the same problem. But I would, th I would think that... that the fact that this is being pushed forward by the New, New, uh, New York Attorney General's office, that that would have some teeth to it uh, to really get something done. I mean, I, I, I would imagine, David, you have to feel uh, in some respects the same way that with the New York Attorney General's office behind this, that we will see a fairly amount of significant change on this. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, in, in the press accounts, he himself was saying, oh, there's going to be so much more staffing up for this. And as I say, we don't know how much that's going to be. And of course, it's um, hard for us to say, you know, for the, for the consumer's point of view, the, the right amount of cost to spend on this is very hard to gauge, right? Because yeah. the actual cost to a credit bureau, the effect of the cost of the credit bureau of all this is deeply buried 
in ways that it's very hard for consumers to detect, right? Yeah. Because how much is it going to cost someone to look at your credit report now? Do you care? Does that cost them a lot more now? Um, I, I, Timmy, to do the investigation and do the – how much would that realistically cost? I mean, I can't see it costing, you know, uh, uh, $10,000 per case if you're talking about spending one person spending whatever it might be, a week, two weeks, maybe a month. You know, to, to do the proper investigation? I mean, am I in the right ballpark here? Uh, you are not in the right ballpark in the okay. sense that the data that we've had from, and again, this is probably data that's five or ten years old, was that there, were peri- there was a period of time where what the bureaus were spending, and this is documented in case law, that it was about $7 an investigation. Okay? Yeah. That if you looked at the investigators that they supposedly hired to handle consumer disputes and the number of disputes they were supposed to handle in an hour or a half hour, i.e. the quota, yeah. and you divided that by their hourly rates and the no. resources, it was about $7 at that point. Now, yeah. what is that now? I don't know. It's very um, <laughs> That's buried. Um, as was just mentioned, um, in a lot of you know the industry, and and frankly, this is an industry that is not very transparent uh, to yeah. consumers. It really uh, operates in kind of a cloak and dagger type um, environment. But if this were to go forward, as the press accounts have have put it forward, this would seemingly give the consumer a, a little bit more of a, a back and forth with the agency. Uh, where in some respects, as you alluded to, David, that the agency may be more so of a partner and looking out for their best interest instead of just basically being the vehicle between the lenders and and, and, and the companies. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the idea here, yeah. it seems, that uh, they're not just passing on. Well, here's what right. the creditor says. Yeah. It's uh, they're fighting for you uh, with respect to the creditor if you, if, you, if you disagree with them. And that's right. We'll have to wait and see. It's not, yeah, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head um, that the 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 role that the uh, credit bureaus have played, and, and they've they've acknowledged this, they've admitted this, yeah. is to be more of what they call a conduit that we will pass the dispute on to the company reporting the data. Yeah. Okay, and that's what their role, and they're done. They take that position in in, in court, um, and uh, this. Settlement agreement certainly does what you're saying, which is that is not an acceptable role for you. Your role is that you're reporting this information. You're going to also operate and help the consumer as well. You don't just side with the company that's paying your bills, which is the furnisher. So um, I think that's the spirit of it. Uh, And so I agree with you on that, that if the spirit is complied with, there should be um, some improvement for consumers. You know, whether it gets complied with or not, I don't know. Um, Courts from around the country, federal courts, um, have been rebuking these companies for years, um, telling them they need to change their practices, and that yeah. didn't seem to result. So maybe this does something. I don't know. I hope so. The, the interesting part in, in reading about this is that uh, they refer to it as, while the agencies weren't breaking any laws, uh, th- that's the interesting kind of phraseology that was used in it. That, that basically just throws up the, the yellow and red lights immediately, that there is obviously a, a, a rather strong negative effect from what was going on here with, the, with a lot of these companies. Well, that language was probably negotiated, I guess. Yeah, with, exactly. With, with the attorney general. Uh, I don't know. Takes a little bit of the blame away from them. Well, that that's a, well, we'll agree to this if we if you don't make it sound like we were breaking the law in the first place, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 we, we don't. We're only seeing press reports, so I don't really know. Right. I mean, that language is in basically every settlement agreement I've ever seen, whether it's a private case or whether it's um, an attorney general case, where um, the defendant never admits wrongdoing. And that's Mm -hmm. part of the extracted consideration or promise 
um, that they negotiate. Um, and I can tell you for a fact they have been breaking the law for years. Yeah. So the fact that they have been able to secure that type of um, agreement or, uh, you know, from the New York Attorney General's, I don't criticize the, 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 the New York AG's office for that. That's just customarily what happens. Um, but the reality is they've been breaking the law for years. Will the fact that the New York Attorney General's office, uh, now that they are involved and push this forward, will this basically carry the, the entire state or will we see more state attorney general's office really taking note of this now and getting on board with the New York AGs if they need to at some point? Well, you'd think the next shoe to drop would be federal, but uh, yeah. I don't know if the CFPB has a particular initiative on about this in the future. I mean, it's a Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Yeah, right. The CFPB actually has taken some steps with this and been looking at this for a couple of years now uh, and released some data last year at the end of uh, 2013 and 2014, um, uh, you know, um, exposing the high rates of errors, the poor uh, handling of consumer disputes, um, the problem with medical debt showing up on, on credit reports, which yeah. is a real problem, yeah. um, you know, 20%. Um, according to the CFPB, 20% of credit reports um, have some type of medical debt on there, right? Yeah. And medical debts are not generally very indicative of a consumer's uh, f uh, financial, you know, worthiness or yeah, ability exactly. to pay, and that's part of that's the problem. That's extra with it. on top of what they normally have to worry about. Exactly. So um, that I really like to see because I'd like to see all medical debt reporting wiped out. Yeah. Because it's not the type of thing that really accurately predicts somebody's credit worthiness or their ability to repay a loan. And, and the interesting thing about that part of the, this piece as well is that when you talk about a medical debt, uh, they're talking about you know there being a 180-day lag time in terms of the reporting of it. But realistically, if you have a medical debt, chances are it's in the thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. And that's not something you're going to be able to take care of most people. Uh, will not be able to take care of in a six-month period. Well, I think there's a couple different issues. One is it's a lot of money. The other is there could be a legitimate dispute with the insurance company that too, over, yeah. over who pays it. And if you, you know paying it and then hoping the insurance company then covers you might not be a good idea or even feasible. And so, so you have that going on. But then you also the other issue, um, which um, I don't know quite the role of this in, in, in this uh, dispute here, but medical debt suggests you have a medical issue. Yeah. A medical issue can drive future uh, financial problems, household stress, and so on, that might uh, drive delinquency. And that's where you get, um, how to put it, you know, the Fair Isaac Company that calculates the FICO score yeah. uh, may have noticed, and I'm just guessing here, may have noticed that medical debt, whether you pay it or not, yeah. predicts things about the future. And you might be sitting there thinking, hey, I paid my bills. Why should I be... Why should my credit score go down? Yeah. Um, because I had medical debt, uh, I actually paid my bill. But you know, fair as I said, well, statistically, it predicts bad things. <laughs> you know, and so uh, what do we do? We're we're statisticians. That's all we do. We we take your credit file and predict the incidence of bad things. You mentioned the the, the data in terms of, of the uh, the numbers of of cases that uh, were actually being handled by the company. Uh, the number I read from the Consumer F Financial Protection Bureau, 85% were referred back to the lenders or the creditors, which is, is, is you know, it's it's the wash my hands of it type exactly. of philosophy, which is really disappointing to hear. Well, that's disappointing to hear in connection with any dispute, but certainly with medical debt disputes, right? Because all that's doing is sending the, um, the dispute back to the healthcare provider. 
And it may be that the health care provider hasn't been paid, and nobody's questioning that. The question sure. is, they might not be paid because the insurance company hasn't processed the claim in time. I see those cases all the time. Yeah. Um, or that there's a dispute over what they owe and what they, what, you know, what the consumer owes. Um, or just a delay. A lot of the time, these yeah. bills sit, and uh, the carriers don't pay them. And yeah. the, and the doctor or the healthcare <laughs> provider or the radiology lab says, "Look, I don't know. It's not my problem. I I I provided a service. I should get paid. So this will go on the consumer's credit report." I hear from doctors all the time about not getting their you know their money back from the insurance companies for providing services. It's just it's unfortunately part of the process. Exactly. Eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six is the number if you'd like to give us a call. We're talking about the changes that uh, we may very well see in how the credit agencies handle disputes. I'd like to hear your comments. 844-942-7866. We're joined in the studio by David Musto, who is chair of Wharton's finance department, and also Jim Francis, who is a consumer law attorney with Francis and Mailman, based here in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, obviously, we're, we're talking about a time frame now where, where people are in a little bit of a better economic situation than they were, say, six or seven years ago. But still, realistically, in terms of handling your debts, it is still very hard for a lot, a lot of consumers out there to have to deal with it. And this it just is, unfortunately, it's another layer to this whole problem that we have out there uh, with the fact that when you do have an issue, and even if it's not your fault, you still have to have this fight. Exactly. Well, you know, look, the, as, as David, I think, pointed out that, you know, there's, there's a balance that um, the, the law seeks to achieve. Uh, the Fair Credit Reporting Act specifically, and that is that the the law exists so that consumers um, aren't penalized unfairly or, or penalized through uh, the reporting of inaccurate debts. Yep. However, it's also designed to stimulate the economy and make sure that that companies can lend money to responsible um, people who are going to repay it. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 finding that balance, and you know, unfortunately, you know, sometimes people for whatever reason fall behind, and that payment you know history or lack of payment history gets on their credit report and that's an accurate reporting there's really not yeah. much you can do about that and i think as david alluded to the scoring models or that are used to predict this they accurately find that people with lower credit scores uh, generally have a you know have a slower uh, ability to to pay the debt or they're not paying the debt in a timely way so it's striking that that balance and that's that's a very difficult balance to find Obviously, this is one piece to to the puzzle, but in terms of the credit reporting agencies as a whole, as you said, for the most part, they they do provide a very good service, a very necessary service. But are there other pieces to the credit agencies that you've seen, uh, Jim, that really need to be addressed as well beyond what we're talking about here today? Well, look, there are there are a couple different provisions that of the of the law that I think guide this this discussion. First is. The law requires that the uh, reporting agencies report information with maximum possible accuracy. Okay, sure. that's a very magic term. Okay, that's not <laughs> a little bit accurate. That's not accurate half of the time or nine times out of ten. Maximum possible accuracy. Okay, Congress thought that was w very important. Which would lead you to believe 100%. Uh, or very close to 100%. Yeah. Striving for 100%. Yeah. Okay, that is clearly not the case today. It's never been the case in the last 40 years. Um, and so that is, that is constantly being, um, I, I think, neglected. Um, in addition, the law is very clear that if somebody disputes something, they have to take an active role in, in handling it and investigating it, and that has not been uh, followed either. So those two things working together, that should create and, 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 and achieve this balance of fairness for the consumer at the same time 
um, fairness for the lender, yeah. um, and a predictable lending environment to stimulate um, you know the economy. The other interesting piece to this is, is the time frame in terms of implementation that we're reading in the papers that it could be anywhere from six months to basically three three and a half years. I understand there's a process and you have to kind of put this all into place and the training we talked about, but still even three and a half years seems like it's it's kind of really giving them, you know, a, a, a way out in some respects to take as much time necessary in order to get this done. Well, if they're hiring a lot of people, I guess that could take a while and setting the new compliance procedures and what's what's the new safe harbor for their uh, for how to deal with uh uh, that's something that isn't quite well defined yet either. What, what's a process I could have that is a safe harbor for me now? If I if I if I instruct my employees in the following way, then then I, then I've done my job, right? That's yeah. that's going to want to know. That was clearly a negotiated term by the the credit bureaus, yeah. and um, it gives them a wide range of time to um, supposedly achieve this compliance. The problem again, going back to what I said before, not to sound like a broken record, the problem is how do we grade them? in yeah. three years or six months or a, hundred, uh, a year and a half as to whether or not they have succeeded. in. Uh, th there are no objective criteria in the settlement agreement uh, that guides them yeah. or that allows the New York AG's office to determine whether or not they've actually succeeded in doing this. Yeah. Um, so that's my concern. There's no, there's no test at the yeah. end of the study period to know whether or not they, they're achieving what they're supposed to. Well, it would be kind of hard. I mean, if, if the test isn't exactly every time at the – you know, we have a thousand, a thousand consumers who complain are a thousand satisfied consumers at the end because some of them, some of them really did go bad on their debts. Sure, and, yeah. and, uh, and so you, so, and that's sort of unknowable maybe from our point of view. We don't really know who, what the accurate information is. Yeah. Uh, that's, it, so it's, it does make it, it hard to benchmark it, it. Is it possible to do that? I mean, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you might be able to get it within, a, I think, a wide, wide range or semi-wide range, but are you, can you nail it down specifically? I think you can nail it down, certain things down specifically, okay. such as, for example, you know, one of the biggest uh, causes of credit errors is something called a mixed file. Two people with the same name or, or sure. close social security number, yep. Yep. Their, their files actually get mixed within the credit bureau computers. Yep. And then uh, until they're unmixed or somebody goes in a program or goes in and unmixes the files, there's an error there. I have seen that specific error firsthand, and it's a problem that has gone on for 10 years and still goes on to this day. Well, you need to call my office. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it, it's my ex-wife, so uh, I... <laughs> okay. All right. Well, she needs to call my office. But um, the, so, for example, with mixed files, the the credit bureaus have been tracking the incident rates of mixed files for years. Yeah. Okay. They know when they do this, and they know the in, the frequency with which they do it. So let's sure. look in three years and find out whether or not that has gone down. Yeah. That, that's an objective thing that could be measured. Sure. Another thing that could be uh, measured. Um, is look is to audit the dispute investigations. Let's yeah. see how often they're actually looking at the consumer dispute documentation. Things can be achieved with audits and statistical analyses. And the bureaus actually, even though they don't necessarily tell the world this, they track their error rates. They track the disputes they get, whether they get a dispute sure. about bankruptcy, whether they get a dispute about uh, medical debt. They track the incidence rates of dispute. David's right that there's not going to be one size fits all, foolproof. Sure. All, every consumer in the world is happy because sometimes yeah. people are disputing something and it is accurate. Okay? Sure. Yeah. So it, I wouldn't gauge it upon the consumer's 
feeling about, you know, I wouldn't, you know, take 10 people in three years and say, how did you feel about the process? Yeah. But there are objective criteria that could be uh, employed to measure whether or not there's any improvement in three years. Going back to to, to the original case, what was it within the, the specific case with the New York AG's office that allowed this settlement to really get done? I mean, they, if you said that, you know, there have been other cases in the past, but there had to be something different about this one that actually brought the credit reporting agencies to the table and say, yes, we, okay, we're going to settle. We understand we're going to, or at least we're going to say we're going to do this. Well, I, look, it's it's hard to know behind closed doors what was the triggering factor. But what I can tell you from my experience and looking at some of these other settlements is that the AG's office has the ability, obviously, to compel them to disclose information. Sure. And they're very protective about the information. They don't want the public to see everything that's that they're selling and the information, the, the quality of the information that they're selling, where they're getting it from. Yeah. Um, so that is a huge pressure point for them. And the yeah. fact is the AGs can go in and say, give me everything you have. Give me all your files, and I'm yeah. going to look at all of them. And that is a, that's one of the driving factors, in my view. Wrap it up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just saying, there, I mean, there is... There has been federal attention to this exact question of medical debt already. I mean, yeah. they, a lot of the articles cited the CFPB's research on this question of uh, what does medical debt really predict, yeah. uh, and whether you paid it off or didn't pay it off, and that kind of thing. And that 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 seemed to feed through to the uh, to the settlement. All right. So uh, with this now coming down, uh, how should consumers feel in general about the credit reporting agencies? Better, still a little bit cautious. What, what's well, I would th- say take a look at your report, and if there's something there that seems wrong, try. See right. what happens. Right. Right, you know? uh, to answer your question, how should consumers feel, my response would be it's too early to tell. Don't feel anything yet. Let's see what happens. But David's right. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the New York Attorney General's office does or anybody else does. Look at your credit report. Check yeah. it regularly. Yeah. That doesn't mean every single day, but maybe every six months or every three three months. Yeah. Um, and really spend some time looking at it. It's hard to read, for one thing, yeah. for most people. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. It's, it's difficult to read and know what it means. And look at changes. See if there are any changes and, and, and see what's going on. And if there are problems, you dispute that as specifically as possible. Get the dispute over to them. The other thing, obviously, is reminding people that you do have the right to be able to check your credit report for free. What is it? Once, once a, a year. Once, once a, year, a year. Once a year. Which, obviously, everybody should do, period, just to, just to know where you stand in general. Right. Yeah, there's TV ads that suggest you have to pay for that, but it's free. Right, exactly. Right. So once a year for free. So you might as well use what's, what, what the law is giving you for free. Yeah, absolutely. Gentlemen, great to have you in. Great discussion. Thanks for coming in. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.